Hey, video game fans, I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And this is Memory Card. So, what have you been up to, Ben? Well, as of recording this, we are still kind of stuck in quarantine here in Indiana. So, mm -hmm. I've kind of just been trying to do things around the house and making plans as to what I want to do once quarantine is over. What have you been doing? Uh, I've been in the process of moving because you know it's it's a perfect time to move <laughs> <laughs> just to you know go outside and explore so your plans are basically just to get your life back to normal <laughs> hopefully yeah do you often dream about the outside world <laughs> i do now i mean uh my wife and i were actually planning on going to japan in 2020 initially yeah but we kind of switched it around uh to go in 2019 which thinking of it now it was a great great idea because yeah chances are we never would have made it there this year yeah and, and and we got to meet too yeah right exactly so yeah we actually hung out in person in in the real meet space you know yeah no it was good i mean it, it it turned out to be a really fun vacation and we got to see a lot but yeah now i'm just kind of thinking of the next thing whether that's another trip back to japan or yeah my wife and i've been to europe one time a couple different spots and we're thinking of going back and hitting up some some new spots maybe like italy germany you've been to um france then been to france i've been to england and i've been to ireland over there okay my wife and i were thinking about going to um southeast asia like Th thailand cambodia uh for for a honeymoon because i know you've been to south korea right yes yeah, so we've been to south korea and um taiwan and and the philippines well, slowly, you and I will both just conquer every country of the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, our, our voices will reach the world. Yeah, we'll meet in Kenya, at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I guess we can just uh, just get right to it, Benny. Or wait, do we need do we need to say something about like booting it up or anything like that? Is this our intro or is this the start of the episode? <laughs> I was just gonna, <laughs> just gonna go right. All right, let's um, <laughs> we don't need no music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and get this episode booted up because I am eager to to get going. All right, let's do it. Uh, as I was saying, Benny, I I'm calling you Benny now because my phone auto corrected your name as Benny in my calendar that's all right that's what i go by in animal crossing so that makes sense oh oh yeah that's right I, we're, we're friends <laughs> on animal crossing so uh what's your favorite place to go to as a as a young benny did you often go to like the mall as a kid oh yeah yeah we, we would go to the mall all the time honey creek mall which uh i think is is probably in the process of slowly dying yeah uh, i actually worked at the GameStop in that mall in high school right when the wii came out oh yeah, a lot of time at the mall. Mm -hmm. What about you? Did you guys have a main mall that you went to? Yeah, I went to a mall, but um, it was actually a pretty terrible mall. And um, I remember reading an article when I was um, a freshman in college saying that my local mall was one of the worst malls in America. <laughs> what what qualified? What, like, the <laughs> amount of murders that happened there? Or? Uh, there wasn't any murders as far as I know. It was just like all the stores were empty. <laughs> Like it was just oh it had like a Sears and like a JC Penny on each side, I think, and then just like a, a hall. <laughs> yeah, malls are are kind of going 
you know, bye bye for these days because of Amazon and all the online shopping. So, um, that's my attempt at segue into the actual topic. <laughs> <laughs> You're so good at those. <laughs> well, uh, Ben, did you ever get lost in the mall? Um, maybe as a small child, but uh, not so much as a teenager or an adult. <laughs> well. If you had a uh, guide on your on your DS system at the time, then you wouldn't have gotten lost. I can't I can't argue with that. <laughs> but I don't think I did. I don't. So you're talking about the Nintendo DS? Exactly. So has had a guide game for my mall? Could have. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not your mall because it was mainly focused in Japan. But oh, okay, all right. So yeah, today I will be talking about the Nintendo DS, and as we know, the DS was in a lot of ways the start of like nintendo's renaissance mm -hmm. they had like really low sales with the gamecube to like the break breakout success of the ds and eventually the wii the main reason that nintendo had this success was because of their market strategy that's called uh blue ocean do you know do you know blue ocean or have you heard that term before i think i've heard of it but i really don't know anything about it blue ocean is when a company targets a brand new audience in order to expand their sales oh okay so nintendo Nintendo figured that while Sony and Microsoft were targeting the hardcore gamers, if they started to include non-gamers in their marketing, they could capture, like, uh, untapped market, basically. Oh, all right. Now, so this is a term that's used, like, all over the business world and not just for Nintendo? Yeah, I believe that's, um, that's all over the business world. Oh, okay. Because Nintendo was trying to appeal to, like, the non-gamers, the non it kind of led to Nintendo doing a lot of things that were really super unique and interesting. And the DS is really the, the start of this. So this is way before smartphones really became popular. And, you know, people had the iPods and iPads with their apps and stuff like that. So Nintendo was really, like, pioneering a lot of their different apps. And that's because they want the consumers to carry the DS with them and use it in, in their daily lives. On the DS, we had, like, cookbooks, Japanese dictionaries, and even diaries. And Nintendogs. <laughs> and Nintendogs. Yeah, most important of all. Yeah. But one of the most unique contributions is what I mentioned before is the guide application that was developed for the DS and then eventually made its way to the 3DS. So have you ever heard about doing a guide with, uh, with your DS or 3DS? I witnessed one in real life, I believe, when I was in Paris. Mm -hmm. But outside of that one, I don't think I've ever heard of one. The, was the one for the DS, was that an actual, like app that you downloaded or was it an actual cartridge um I'll, I'll get to that in a second oh sorry sorry so yeah um the loo is probably the most popular example and, and that's the one that you you actually witnessed right yeah i didn't want to give away too much of the lead there I'll, I'll get back to that later but the first guide that i could find actually started out with a company called oriental land so what do you think uh, oriental land is it sounds like a asian development company or something i'll give you a hint it's a, it's based in tokyo uh it's a japanese uh mall company Ooh, you're, you're very very close <laughs> you're basically right um so oriental land is actually responsible for ikusperia which is a high-end shopping facility in tokyo disney resort hmm. the application was just called ikusperia nintendo ds guide that was the actual official name that you could download onto your ds app onto your ds and it was just an application where users could see a map of the area because the Tokyo Disney Resort shopping facility is actually really laid out in a really confusing way, and people would often get lost. Oh. You know, having a map is an essential in that area. 
Yeah, I remember taking my DS to like GameStop and Toys R Us and stuff, and you could download like demos or like special little things. So I'm assuming that's kind of how it went down. Yeah, exactly. That was um, an extension of I think it was called like the Nintendo Zone. Right. They they basically have this router where that would send out a wireless LAN signal, and your DS could pick that up and then download uh, information from it. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I didn't really think about it as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> there was like an application that was later released on the computers where you could actually you could set up your own Nintendo Zone, and that would allow you to street pass on the 3DS using your own home network. Oh, that's wild. Anyway, that's that's totally different story. So for this first guide that was um, based in the Tokyo Disney Resort, it allowed people to see a map of the area, and it would kind of ping based on ten different wireless land stations to figure out where where in the mall the people were, and it also allows you to um, send messages. So you could actually you could actually connect to I think like fifteen or so people, and it, the game would store up to one hundred messages. Oh, that's nice. So you could let your friends like know, like, hey, let's meet up in this store, or you could let people know about different sales and stuff like that. Was that through the PictoChat thing, or was it its own like little application within the... It was within the actual guide application, the uh, Ikisperia. Huh. And not only that, but um, players, they also had a, like, a quiz function inside of it. People could answer questions about the stores and like learn more information. And on the map, players can also look for fairies. Of course. Yeah, because, you know, that's what you think about. <laughs> when I look at a map, I always look for the you are here uh, yeah. dot, and then I start looking for fairies in different locations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Finding the, the different fairies would net players with a third of a medal, and the goal was to collect all eight medals. Which got you, like, a dollar off at Cinnabon, or what? <laughs> like it just was like, congratulations, you got all eight medals. As, as far as I'm aware, there's no real prize for collecting all of them. Oh, okay. It's just just the completion. I thought maybe there was like a thing. secret like lounge um, or something, and you had to prove your you know fairy hunting abilities. Yeah, only, only fairy VIPs can enter this. <laughs> That's right. So the service was offered from April 2009 to January 2010. You can no longer download it. I'm sure someone has... Uh taken pictures or recorded footage or something online i found pictures but i haven't found footage hmm. so i'd be very interested in if someone could send me footage of it that kind of led to other facilities museums and stuff like that contact nintendo and being like hey can you please make a um, a guide application for art institution so did nintendo actually produce these nintendo actually produced the ikispario one. Oh wow the next one was actually the osaka aquarium the kaiyukan which I think it seems like you can still do it. Like it's the information still on their official website, hmm. but I don't remember that being an option when I went. I went to an aquarium in Tokyo, but I ne I never went to an aquarium in Osaka. The um I think the Tokyo one is 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 a little bit better, but the Osaka one's not bad. So just like the other map guide, you could see a detailed map of the aquarium. You could also answer quizzes about the animals and and learn more. And if you're a visitor and you didn't have a DS on you, you could actually rent one for 500 yen, which included headphones. And that's about five bucks, right? Yeah, it's about five dollars. Okay. And then if you brought your own DS, then you could download the application for free. It's pretty good. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. And then uh, a couple of other places got them, such as the um, Kyoto Seika University, the Kyoto Municipal Museum of Art the Shin Enoshima Aquarium. 
But then eventually Nintendo was like, you guys should just make your own guides and stuff like that. Yeah. So they released uh, an application called Jibunde Tsukuru Nintendo DS Guido, which means make it yourself uh, Nintendo DS Guide. And this was to consumers or just to businesses? This was to anyone who had a DS. Really? Yeah. So uh, if you had a DS, you could download it from the eShop. And I could make like a, I, I could make your own guide, a guide of my house if I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Did the DS have an eShop? The DSi, I think, had an eShop. Oh, okay, right, right, right. So the DSi had an eShop, but I think with the DS, you had to download it from the Nintendo Zone. Mm. They released that in November 2010. Yeah, that would have been kind of late in the DS's uh, lifespan. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure the DSi was already out by then. Right. People could take pictures using the camera on the, on the DSi and then attach them to their guide. Huh. Then they could also record their own voices to be included uh, as part of the guide. So I think the real question is, and you might not know this, but if so, if I made a guide in this system, how do I get it onto multiple cartridges or how do I get it to multiple people? Oh, I do know that. So in order to actually send out the data, you need two DSs, one to um, host the guide application and another one to actually host the guide data. Hmm. So one one would basically be sending the program, another one would be sending the, the data that you made. And then anybody could come in and download it. And then anyone with, with a DS could, could come in and download it. Okay. I was going to say, you don't want to be like, hey, here's the map to the mall, but don't lose it. It's the only one we yeah. have. <laughs> Sorry, everybody else. You're going to have to wait. I, I did find um, some instances of people actually using this. There was an art gallery, art exhibit that was called the 6-2010, and they used that. For their service in japan or in, in japan I, I haven't really found any examples of this outside of japan so what do you think w would you like to make your own guide i kind of would now i'm i'm wondering if this well first of all is, is it still available uh i think the dsi you cannot download new software on it now yeah i was gonna say i was kind of hoping that there was some cartridge version of this out there and it had English and I could go like mess around and but yeah, I'd totally do that. I think if you have um a hacked DS, you could probably find the application data and download it. I don't, but you can always hack things. Yeah. So I've been told. It's not really my forte. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard. <laughs> hey listeners, we're putting this episode on pause for a moment to talk about supporting memory card via Patreon. If you're hearing this, you're probably not one of our patrons. How do we know? It's because all patrons enjoy ad-free episodes. Other perks include shout-outs, early access to episodes and bonus content, and even the chance to come on the show. If you enjoy Memory Card, we hope you consider pledging even a dollar or two, or three, or four, you know, just, just even a little bit helps. For more information, head to patreon.com slash memcard. And now, back to the show. Where'd I put that controller? As we mentioned before, the 3DS guide uh, Lou is probably the most well-known application of this, and it really had its origins in, with the DS because uh, because of the guide applications I mentioned before. The Lou originally began as a piece of software that was only available on rentable 3DS units in the Lou Museum. It's Louvre with a V. Oh, Louvre, sorry. Louvre, yeah. Louvre. You've actually been there, right? And you've actually seen this? Yeah, my wife and I went to Paris in 2017. Um, we were actually staying pretty close to the Louvre. 
I mean, the entrance is this big, like, glass pyramid in the ground. It's really, I mean, it's, like, phenomenal to look at. Mm -hmm. There's this crazy line, and it was basically just a line to buy tickets. And then you go actually, like, into the giant pyramid and down into the Louvre, and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's it's ridiculously big. Yeah. We, we saw the checkout station for 3DSs. People were renting them, and they were, like, wearing them around their necks and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, we didn't do it just because, uh, you know, we felt confident enough that we could get around, and there was plenty of paper English guides. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my own 3DS with me at the time, so <laughs> I didn't need to carry around another. And these were the XL versions of the 3DS, so, mm-hmm. I mean, the XL's like having a mini laptop on you. Did you actually download the app on your on your 3DS? No, I don't think I even uh, knew that there was a possibility to do it through my own 3DS. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that you had to rent one of theirs. For a while, it was only available through the rentable 3DSs, but then in November 27, 2013, Nintendo had a special direct where they actually introduced the application to audiences around the world. And uh, the direct featured Miyamoto and, and uh, Satoru Iwata just kind of walking around with uh, the 3DS and like showing the different aspects of this guide. Uh, you asked me before if I ever got lost in a mall. No, I've never gotten lost in a mall. I, we got lost in the Louvre multiple times. I mean, even looking at the map and being like, wait a minute, is it is this that like yeah. statue? Is, is this that painting? Like, wait, do we need to go? What floor are we on? Like, It's all, I mean, it's pretty much underground, like literally. So it's not like you can mm-hmm. look out and be like, oh, there's the Eiffel Tower in the distance. I know where we are. Like, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> So yeah, if you, if you had the, the 3DS guide, then you would have a map that would show about where you are, where certain art pieces are, high-resolution images, 3D models, and even video commentaries. You, you missed out on uh, over 600 photographs and 30-plus hours of audio commentary. I mean, I will say I definitely looked over the shoulder of quite a few people as uh, we wandered around who had the 3DS. So, you know, I got, I got a, a little glimpse here and there. Mm-hmm. And then... I think, I don't know if it still happens today, but they they were selling the actual game, I think, in the gift shop of the Louvre. Yep. So um, the package copy was only available in the Louvre's uh, gift shop. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, that was kind of my thing, too, was like, well, let's not rent it because at the end of this, like, I'm going to buy it and then we can just fiddle around with it, yep. you know, if we come back or back at the hotel room or whatever. And we were in the Louvre for like, five hours maybe like a long long time yeah and it was past dinner and by the time we got to the gift shop my wife and i were just like okay <laughs> we're good we're arted out for the day yeah uh so yeah i kind of slipped my mind i i didn't see it like it wasn't like there was a big stack of them out front or i probably would have remembered and bought one but the last time i heard and i don't know if i'm just spreading rumors the last time i i talked to someone about this copy of the game they said that all the like the the really um, popular languages like English um, and Japanese they're all sold out of those versions in in the Louvre. Oh, I guess I didn't realize that there. I thought it was one one version that had multiple. Yeah, no. Th- each language had their own. Each each language had their own version. Apparently. Oh, okay. Man, well then it's really hard to collect them, right? Because you technically you need one of each language. Yeah, I would imagine hardcore hardcore collectors would have each language. That's rough. And also, you could only get it from that gift shop, so it makes it even a little bit uh, rare. And the thing is, you can't go into the Louvre gift shop just, like, off the street. It is at the end of the Louvre. Yeah. 
and you have to have gone through you know you have to pay to get in mm. and then you have to leave and go through it so it's not like oh yeah you know i'm just gonna go to the mall and hit up the louvre gift shop <laughs> you must be dedicated yeah and i would imagine that they would have some restriction on the amount that you could buy yeah probably especially if they're not restocking them anymore yeah i would i would be interested to know if they were still like selling them because you know the 3ds is kind of on, on its way out mm -hmm. we need we need the switch guide yeah the louvre uh, switch guide they could even sell just the middle part of the switch or like rent them out you know what i mean yeah exactly they could they could do some kind of thing where on the sides instead of the joy cons it's like some kind like it's it's like a lanyard on either side that you can go over your neck mm -hmm. they could make it work i think random fact of trivia daisuke uh Tsujimura, he was the director of the uh, of the application, and he went to go work on Mario Odyssey. Oh, really? Yep. He previously worked on uh, Wave Race sixty four and Mario Galaxy. <laughs> That's a weird <laughs> jump. <laughs> hey, you know how you made that great Mario adventure in the in the jet ski game? Yeah. How do you feel about the Louvre? <laughs> I love it. Miyamoto and, and Iwata were pretty invested in the project as well, so I think it makes sense to have some Mario people. Does like Mario show up or anything like a you know special Easter egg? As far as I know, no. That would be great. So once the the, the corn time is over, are you gonna go ahead and make some exciting maps? If I can find a way to do it, yeah, maybe. I mean, I've just been sitting here drawing them like a like a Neanderthal. Yeah, yeah, on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> showing my dog. Yeah, saying, look, look, see, this is where your food is. Yeah, here's yeah. the living room. Yeah, yeah. He just nods. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, here's here's hoping that I can get back, you know, to the Louvre or uh, get back to Japan someday and and try out some of this map technology, assuming that it still exists in some of those places. Yeah. Maybe in the future it'll be adopted uh, for the Switch or or maybe it'll get like some kind of retro appeal. I mean, if you were like uh, yeah. you can go to this place and they have Game Boys that have maps on them, I'd be all over that. Yeah. I would imagine for a lot of places, probably like the Osaka Aquarium, if they still offer it, it's only the ones that are still working. And if the units break or something, they're not replacing them. Yeah, because it'd be too much of a hassle. So I'd imagine. Who knows? It might be something that we never see ever again. Yeah. And we must cherish it. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by the talented chiptune composer Jamatar. You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter at MemCardShow. Or you can find us on our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I for, for some reason, we can be found at Super Bentendo and Push Dustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, including Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Tyler Davis, Courtney Cotton, and Harrison. All of our Patreon information can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back real soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to smash that subscribe button and leave a <laughs> review if you enjoy the show. We'll see you soon. <laughs>